You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union, which also happens to be the most coordinated, technologically advanced, uh, any number of adjectives that you'd like to use. Anyway, getting ahead of myself, hiya. Mathematically proven to be most of the time your host, Evan Valala here, joined by the whole gang. Uh, Paul Catrino Jr. is here. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I, you know... It's almost like when we do this in an expedient manner, we did it once before, and I don't care enough to make bits out of everything. Yeah, it's a good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes simple is better. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Good segue. Thank you. He would have been a lot happier today if simpler happened in the Champions League. Chuck Luth. Eh, I don't know about that. All right, like, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, ha- I had to write about Atletico last week, mm. so... Um, yeah. That wasn't fun, but Never yes, was. I'm enjoying our second time around doing intros. Mm, mm. Um, something about Go Diego Go being like an offshoot of Dora the Explorer, which is the second time around. Parenthood, Justin Ashcraft's here. What in the oh world is happening? I'm, I'm here. Um, for some reason, the technology just doesn't want to no, work tonight, no. and. That's frustrating as the editor, producer, the man that makes it all happen. The bridge. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the man that makes it all happen, everyone involved in this podcast and dear listener by association, we've all gotten closer to one Jay Z. Uh, yes, we've all taken a proverbial <laughs> step at Rock Nation step. One, you know, listen, because if anybody, like, if anyone interacted with John McCarthy, boom, one degree of separation away from David Beckham. Now, if anyone's ever talked to Jack McGlynn, stay tuned on that one for us next week, Jay-Z. Uh, and everyone's probably like, wait, what do you mean? Does he just like a bunch of his albums? Nope. Uh, Rock Nation Sports International has decided to get into the MLS pool through Jack McLean, um, which is probably not the first name that came to everyone's mind when they were thinking about MLS players that would join with Jay-Z's sports agency, uh, but the kid's got a agent and maybe a new best friend in Kevin DeBrunia. I don't know. Well, I mean, you don't you don't think of Jack McLean at the same time that you think of... Um... Romelu Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, and Chris Richards? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, but I could. This is going to come back to haunt me in a week when we potentially talk to him. No, I mean, it, it is It is like pretty impressive it that um, Rock Nation would decide that <clears throat> out of basically everyone that they could choose yeah. in MLS that Jack McGlynn would be their first venture into the league. Yeah, Chris Chris Wingard is their guy for for the North American soccer market, I guess, from what mm. I'm reading here. And so I don't know if it was Chris Wingert being like, I think that dude's going to be something, or if it was like a, a weird, I mean, McGlynn was one of our kids that was just in Argentina, so if that had anything to do with it, I would be curious as to kind of how that relationship formed. Um, well, McGlynn's um, celebration after his penalty with ice in his veins made it around the world. It's true. It did. It did. That it, was enough. Yeah. I mean, when you're trying to like pick out that young talent and stuff like that, you can look at metrics all you want. You can look at statistics all you want. But mm. I mean, this kid's exciting. You know, like he's a relatable young kid who's fun to watch and seems like he's just got like good head on his shoulders so i mean in my in my opinion this was like a safe pick for rock nation this was like a good like they they really can't miss with a kid because he's going to be exciting to watch no matter what uh in his career no matter at what level but i'm interested to see yeah i am really interested to see how that developed and 
where it came about. So stay tuned next week, guys. Hopefully. We might be talking yeah. to them. I love that we're putting the, uh, the proverbial <laughs> cart before the horse with making the union give us an interview now when we're kind of in the preliminary setting up stages of it. But Oh, stop it. I no, know. we, we I know. know. I know. We, we got this, guys. What are they going to do now? Renege? I've only seen that happen a couple times over the course of <laughs> many years. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on, on this? I mean, yeah. I mean, the dude is cocky AF mm. on the field. And I, I love it. I mean, the dude plays freaking bold and courageous and does cool things on the field and 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 he's not afraid to try stuff and and all that and i think obviously the kid's got a career ahead of him i think you know whether it happens with the union or happens in europe who knows but like i think he's obviously a talented a talented soccer player and i feel like it is you know i i think agencies like any i mean i think any sports agency like that is looking for athletes who they think can go somewhere who they think can represent them well who they think um will be at the highest levels and jack's probably one of those kids that's the thing marketability really comes into account too like he seems like a dude you could throw him in front of a camera and just like all right what am i selling this week and he's just he's all about it yeah so are are we gonna there is an aspect sell a pen to us is that a part of the uh, write that down. That's a really good idea. Um, are you taking notes? Is anyone I, taking? Uh, is Chuck's anyone at home taking notes? Chuck's got it. Um, speaking of taking notes, uh, the Philadelphia Union went up to Canada before me, uh, where I will be in a couple weeks, and decided to see what things were like in Toronto under uh, Bob Bradley. And uh, to no one's surprise, it was a Two one loss. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> hard, hard stop. The two one loss wasn't a question. That's the outcome of the match that already happened. We saw it. It's gone. Unbeaten streak over. This, that, and the third. I hate when we play Canadian teams. But Chuck, go ahead. I, I mean. I don't want to count that match because mm. Jaden Nelson stayed on the field. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice yeah. apology there from pro. <laughs> Little bit of an asterisk there on that game. Mm-hmm. It is nice that the undefeated streak is over, so people will shut the hell up about yeah. it. Go back to ignoring us, please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But there was a clear red card that happened yeah. in that game. It was clear as day. They had the review technology to check this and decided no murder. So, so I mean, did everyone see, yes. like, yeah, pros, um, just giant printout of, well, yeah, we we fucked up and we we apologized to Jim Curtin, yeah. and so we're gonna help NYCFC instead. And like, I understand that you can't like retroactively do give red cards and like do anything about that but like when you already went to like went to the monitor and should have given the red card right then and there like something does need to happen to hold the referee accountable right right i think i think it has to go to like uh with finding referees for missing these calls especially when they're given the opportunity to correct themselves it it's almost like a pride over performance at that point and we get it people make mistakes on the field Mm -hmm. you're only one guy with a set of eyes you make that call so be it but god is there such a safety net for you in this league they will let they will let you take so much time to figure this out right and the dude tried to break his knee. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, I think what frustrates me most about these calls and, and the way that things happen on the field is like, no, he doesn't even go over and look at the monitor. And you, like, you have that opportunity. Mm. And, like, what 
what makes me mad about it is they'll call a goal off because a guy's knee was further than the other guy's yep. waist and blah, 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 blah. And that's such an advantage and blah, 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 blah. But then that happens and he won't even go look right. at it. It's like, I don't like what, then what is VAR for? It, it's like that stubborn person at work where like your manager will come up and be like, Hey, maybe we should try this. And they're like, mm, no, no, it's all right. It's like, they're not telling you to go look at it because they want you to like, see how cool it looked from another angle. Like clearly they're telling you like, Hey, go take a look at this. Cause like you, you probably messed up. Like, there's a fundamental problem here and maybe we should fix it before people find out that (laughs) there's a problem so my my other theory is that pro are big fans of this podcast which is unfortunate for this podcast and they've heard me for years talk about how bad the union play when they're up a man and so they went you know what doesn't matter they're gonna lose anyway and so they were like no that's cool you can stay on that makes so much more sense it's Uh, the same result yeah. No. Well, what's what's funny is from that game, I'm pretty sure, like statistically, with uh, um, okay, I'm pretty sure statistically it was like the best attacking performance of the year for the Union. I mean, yeah. When you when you look at it, they were able to at least get into space and take their chances. It's you know, just unfortunate that they're inches wide, especially from guys like Ura, who could really use a goal right now. And, you know, like, the the pieces are there. The output just isn't... Is it concerning? Yeah, a little bit. But it was still, like, what I saw was at least not... Not bad. It, this Union team didn't look bad in that performance. No, I think, I'll admit, I mean, I didn't watch the whole game fully or didn't see this whole game, but I think it's, yeah, I thought the Union, from what I saw, I thought the Union looked better. And, but unfortunately, I think, you know, when you have a situation like the red card, like your team mentality can just go down. And I think that that's just like the unfortunate part of some of those plays is like, then you're just, depressed you know the rest of the game because you know what should have been the case there yeah and it's just not you know and i and i think like it does take a lot to fight out from underneath that and toronto for all their faults right now like they do have enough talent to if you leave them in the game though they can find a way to win and that's what they did unfortunately yeah i mean toronto has a good striker they have as well and then some guys um but somehow in mls like that is enough for them to stay in the game because i mean even this past week toronto played their ridiculous 5-4 game with um nycfc um and i mean if it wasn't for a ridiculous performance from bono i mean the union probably would have scored five goals um, I'm definitely tired of goalkeepers turning into brick walls against the union. Um, but it's also not like at times the forwards are particularly helping themselves, um, when they go up against these goalkeepers either. Well, we lost Evan. Oh no. Oh God. We lost him in customs. Oh, jeez. I don't know where we lost Evan. But no, oh well. we're going to have to go back for him. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get in the car after the podcast. No. I'll drive up. I'll talk well, to the tent. I'll talk to the Mounties. See if he's making up for his intros. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe we'll let him sit for a week. Um, that's true. Probably speaking of letting it sit for a week, I'm not as good as transitions as Evan is. We have another game to talk about. Right? I mean, I guess. Um, yeah. If you, ask, yeah. if you ask Jim Curtin, we don't. Yeah, he seemed pretty indifferent about that. <laughs> that little fixture that happened. Um, yeah, well, 
so funny. I guess the Union drew 1-1 against Montreal at home at yeah. Subaru Park. Yeah, it's pretty... On a Saturday afternoon. You, you know those games that it's just like, man, I don't know if I'm going to go to this one. I'm not sure if anything crazy is really going to happen. That was this game. I didn't miss much. I don't think anyone really missed much here. Subaru is a fortress. At least they're not dropping massive points here. But... <laughs> um, the Union held their highest percentage of possession um, in any game this season, and somehow that made me more frustrated um, <laughs> because... <clears throat> A couple of things that we talked about in our last podcast uh, really came to rear their heads in this game. Um, number one being that Daniel Gazdog um, seems to be more of a shadow striker than a 10. And uh, number two, that the Leon Flock and Alejandro Bedoya midfield pairing, if, again, Daniel Gazdog is not being a 10 is too conservative to make anything happen. Yup. <laughs> he's been... No, I mean, he's been saying it for weeks. He has been, he's I, been yeah, saying no. it for weeks in the confidence of his, his chats. And now it just needs to be out there. I mean, Chuck, this can't keep happening if they're going to play like this and not get the output up top. This can't be the approach going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm so I'm like at a bit of a crossroads on what you do to resolve this because, like, I mean, number one, this is where we uh, roll back to our conversations about Jack McGlynn and that you at least need to try him over one of the midfielders. Um, this also goes back to Jim Curtin because while he has been an amazing coach for this team, always the one thing that you can criticize game after game is his use of his substitutions and not giving Paxson Aronson more minutes when it was clear that Daniel Gosdog just wasn't doing anything and you need literally any creative force that you can get. Um, just needs to happen um also i would be fine not seeing Corey burke again but that's just another um thing on top of all of this i mean that comes down to can we actually get all four of our strikers healthy at the same time but um isn't quinn oh, sullivan a striker now uh, who knows <laughs> quinn sullivan is a physical anomaly that's very good at many things but not Absurdly just, good at a specific thing. Well, it's just at this point, I'm convinced that Quinn Sullivan is Anthony Fontana, which is just put him in the game somewhere where he can shoot at any point and get him the ball. I mean, I hope yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> well, the good part of Anthony <laughs> Fontana, not flying his trade in Serie B, and I don't even feel like doing the Google search to see if he's actually playing his trade in Serie B or just um, there. Well, no, I mean, it's just like, I think there has to be a matter of speaking up at this point and saying where you feel comfortable playing. You know, like, I, I know these guys have been playing together a long time, and the inverse of that is, yes, they are still very young. But at this point in your career, you, you kind of have an idea of, like, where you would excel, where you would thrive in any any team, really. And the fact that he can't find a real spot where he slots in effectively is either the formation doesn't suit him or he's just not sure where his best position is at. And I don't know if you can knock Jim for that if it's a matter of Quinn just being unsure where he would be best at on this team. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know, like 
kind of going back to what you said, Chuck, in the first part of this, like, I don't, I don't feel like this game. So, I mean, there's two parts of this whole game for me. One, one, it was a tale of two halves. If the union had come out and played the second half, the way they played the first half, we would have won the game. There, Mm -hmm. there's no question Mm -hmm. in my mind that we would have like won that game. Like we played really well in the first half, created lots of chances. Um, I will say, I don't think in your midfield pairing, um, and I, I do hate say, as much as I hate saying this, I don't think Leon Flock is your problem. Um, I think there was enough of him in the box. There was enough of him hitting some crosses. There was enough. I love his, you know, him and Kai on that left side. I love their interplay and everything else. I just think whoever is at right back, whether it's Harriel or... Baizo is a little bit limited by the fact that like if both Bedoya and Baizo or Harriel get up the field like there's no one's tracking back like no one that that then you're pulling a center back or or Jose Martinez out of position and so you're kind of limited by that actually um and so I think that that like that to me is just the problem with the formation now. And it's nothing about Bedoya's heart or his effort or whatever. It's just the dude's 35 or something. And the, <laughs> the game is fast. You know, the game is getting faster in MLS. And I, so I just, I'm mean, going to see that being the issue. And I, that's where I'd love to see, you know, Jack or Quinn or somebody get a longer look at that right hand right-sided, you know, midfield position and just see what happens. But I think, to me, I I mean, I think this game comes down to adjustments. And obviously the Union played really well in the first half and we're kind of on top of the game in the first half. And then Montreal came back out and adjusted in the second half. And I sat there and I sat there with my wife during that game and just said, I hate watching Montreal Union games because it's just... It's choppy. It's it's never fluid. It's never fun to watch. And this game again wasn't fun to watch. It's choppy. It wasn't fluid. It was um, well, not fun. One one thing about this game is that um, actually we had a couple of discussions about over the weekend, especially um, unfortunately with this person collecting, I believe, two assists also during the weekend. Do. Games like this make you miss Jamiro Montero. Maybe a little bit, but like as as an ex that I, maybe so had like one effect on my okay. life in like a very specific area. Like anytime wow. I go, anytime okay. I like wow. back into a gonna... parking spot, and it's just like, oh, I should. Call I don't even. Her. I don't even know where you're going with this, and I don't want to know where you're going with this. <laughs> so I'm just gonna stop you there. Um, and if not the like actual Jamiro Montero, but the idea of Jamiro Montero as a designated player eight slash ten who can put in a defensive shift and actually progress the ball up the field. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, but I, like I said, I'm not sure his best side was always the left side. So then you're taking Leon Flock off the field because Leon Flock's best side is also the left side. So, like, I just don't know that you're... Well, that that's... And unfortunately, what, and... Jack McGlynn's spot might be there too. But, like, it's just, I don't know. But that's also why it's not not necessarily going into specifically Montero because like we know that that ship sailed. Like yeah. there were multiple other reasons on why just things needed to be cut there. Um, the problem is just that I don't like at least from what I've seen. I don't like Quinn Sullivan on either side of the diamond. Um, I want him in more advanced positions where he can actually like take on a man, shoot easily. Um, and with the way that this formation is set up, it just doesn't do that. Um, Pax and Aronson, I mean, same thing. It needs to be where Daniel Gostock is. Um, so it kind of comes down to McGlenn and Bueno as your um, 
change of pace midfielders. And it's like, while you definitely would like to be able to see what you have in them. And I mean, hopefully with some open cup games coming up, we'll be able to experiment a little bit. Cause I highly doubt that Jim Curtin will be doing that in the upcoming um, games on the schedule, but like, we need to find out soon what we have. Otherwise, um, Ernst Tanner might need to be making some calls. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I mean, yeah, we can go back to your substitutions thing and, and you can always criticize Jim for making substitutions. Like he did put McGlynn on and take block off. And I thought that was the wrong, it was the wrong midfielder to pull off the field in this game. Um, and, and, yeah, you wait on Paxton Aronson until the 89th minute. Like, no, this game needed him 20 minutes before that. So I think, like, yeah, I mean, we can kind of make our claims there. And, I, you know, I just, yeah, I wonder, you know. I, I have a <laughs> fundamental issue with the homegrowns coming on later than the 80th minute because some – when you see those substitutions in some of these games, like a Premier League game where, you know, a guy who's played there for 15 years gets like another appearance to round out a number, or you get like a kid who's been like fringe his entire academy career and he gets like that one cap to really just give him a senior appearance and stuff like that. It feels like a fuck you to Paxton to bring him on in the 89th. No, it really does. Because. You're telling him to what? Make an impact in four minutes? That's how he proves himself? Four minutes? It's, you're right, Justin. They needed him 20 minutes earlier. And, like, you can't be afraid to pull out those guys and risk losing these games because you want to keep Subaru Park as a fortress and you want to be locked defensively. No, you really do have to go out there sometimes and just try to punch him in the face. If you get punished for it, so be it. But at least you tried to go after the game in an effective way instead of just hoping that your setup is good enough to grind it out and win. Sometimes It doesn't work against teams like Montreal. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, what made me mad about this game more than anything is like the first 30 minutes or so, like we were on top of the game and like yeah. I thought you know to your point uh, in the Toronto game about Ure needing a goal like he needs one <laughs> he need the the dude is getting in some good positions and and playing some good soccer but like unfortunately hasn't scored yet and the longer this like non-scoring streak goes on the worse it's gonna get I think for a little bit here um but I think, like, you know, he's he was getting in some good position. I think Carranza, Carranza has been, for me, like a highlight of this season. You know, I think, like, it was a guy that I think a lot, you know, a lot of people, and I don't remember exactly how we talked about him at the beginning of the season, but I think, like, he was a guy a lot of thought, you know, Ure starts with Santos or... Burke probably, you know, maybe he comes on. He's a good change of pace. You know, who knows? But he doesn't really score goals. But the dude's like scoring, and the dude's getting in oh, good yeah. positions, and he's pushing back lines, and he's making things happen, and all that kinds of stuff. And I, I, I thought even in the first half, Godstock had some good moments. I thought Flock had some good moments. I just, it was like after, but there wasn't. Yeah, we just didn't get our the right chance and couldn't put anything in the back. And I, I think it's frust- it is frustrating because, like you said, if you want to be locked down defensively, hey, we got a back six that's pretty good and, like, yeah, can lock a game down. I'm, I'm not sure we need to add to that too much. You know, no, I, mean, I don't definitely. think we need a second guy sitting in front of our back line. And, um, yeah, and, and like, and with what you were saying about Carranza, like, I – for yeah, our preseason conversation it was basically like we knew that he was amazing defensively and we're hoping that defense would turn into some assists. We didn't expect him to score goals. I mean, 
if anyone no. expected him to score goals, they're probably lying because he hasn't been a goal scorer for his entire career. Now, hold on, Chuck. I don't want people to start coming after you right now because I bet you there's a bunch of people that were saying, I bet you that Carranza guy is going to get double-digit goals this season with the Union. And you were saying that just because you were excited, okay? You got a fancy new toy, and you really thought that it was going to be fun to play with and all that stuff. You weren't basing that on science. You were basing it on excitement. Based on what we saw in MLS, there was no indication that this goal output was going to come forward, and yet it has, which goes to speak as to how well Philadelphia does in handling their players and how they you know, have built a good culture there. It seems like a place that he wants to be at and he wants to thrive at because, quite frankly, at the end of the season, if the union want him, they're going to get him. If if they see enough, he's going to be a Philadelphia Union player for the foreseeable future. And like I said, right now, you have to look at Carranza as the brightest spot on this team. Because he is just everything I have ever wanted at the forward position. He really, really is. And I, I, I just can't say enough about how refreshing it's been to see someone who works hard like is clean on the ball but also works hard is willing to like jaw at a referee but is also like willing to work with his teammates uh maybe not in giving Mikel Ura the penalty that he maybe needs but like Cabran's earned the penalty so like he deserves it I'm glad he stuck to his <laughs> conviction and took the shot because that was his shot to take it, it um, really was, so, wasn't it? I mean, and also, you're basically describing um, Sergio Santos if he was healthy. Yeah, I mean, but we all would love Sergio. <laughs> oh, no. Philadelphia I... would, like, build a statue for Sergio Santos if he was healthy all the time. No, I mean, it, it, it's great, though, because it does show, like, just when it comes to player recruitment, that there are extremely clear ideas of what makes a Philadelphia Union player and yeah. who is being brought in. And it's like, we thought we filled that idea with Sergio and to an extent we have, yeah. but because of his availability, he had to get another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The blueprint fit. It was just not the right model. You know, like <laughs> we, we found what we were looking for and then we realized, Oh man, there's probably someone much, much better out there. Name, well, no, it's just a brand, it's just a brand new tire instead of a used tire that you have to plug every like hundred or so miles. <laughs> yeah, and, and that and that builds character. It really does. But like, we're past that at this point. We really just need someone who we can throw out there and be like, yeah, that guy's probably gonna score today. And and right now the only guy on this. You know what? That's actually not true. The only two guys that I expect to score week in and week out on this team are Carranza and Gazdag. And Gazdag, it's because he gets into such good spaces and is able to finish well. But sometimes that's, I mean, that's not all we need from him <laughs> Yeah. in the position assigned. So it's like you take the goals, but you always need more from your 10. Um, and not, not to get too sidetracked in that regard, but I'm seeing a lot of dumb Facebook. Union oh, no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't. I'm going there. Chucky can't stop this. Just let it happen. Not okay. Facebook. I'm seeing a lot of really dumb Facebook posts saying that Mikel Ura has had enough time to acclimate to this team and that there needs to be a change. And I need you people to st take a step back and firmly shove a shoe in your mouth. Because it seems that we always forget how long it takes some of these players to acclimate to the union system. <laughs> like it, it, We forget this every year. It, it is the worst case of short-term memory loss I've ever seen in a fan base. Because I, once a year, we get one guy who's new... And we really like them for like two weeks. And then 
all of the sudden, it's not enough. <laughs> uh, it's perplexing. It, it's it is an anomaly. I I, I want to know what these people's daily lives are so that I can no, strive don't. to not be that. I don't think you even want to know for that reason. Uh, I I mean, yeah, I I I agree wholeheartedly with that. That like, yeah, if we had if we had listened to all those people, we would have run Dodge Call out of town six months into his time with the union yeah um so i think i think yeah i mean clearly there's some things that need to happen right uray needs a goal you know yeah i think Gaz dog needs to figure out how to play the connect connect yeah. flock and bedoya to the forwards you know he, he needs to figure that piece of his job out but it's like if that's all we're talking about as like improvements that need to be made, I'm kind of okay with that. I think. Sure. I mean, God, you, know, you could be I, Atlanta United right now. Well, yeah, no, and, and I mean that—that's still always the thing. It's just like we're all extremely disappointed in that Montreal game, and still picked up a point. Um, and so it's like. If this is what near rock bottom is for the season, like, <laughs> no, I mean, just considering this defense and the fact that Kai Wagner is basically the best creative defender in the league, um, as he also leads the union with key passes and chances created, um, which is a problem, but at least he's doing well in that regard. <laughs> At least he's solving somebody else's problem. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like your creativeness is coming from your left back, not your 10. I mean, look, perspective is my favorite drug nowadays. And you're right. You've got to look at a lot of MLS franchises across this league and go, man, we are having some issues right now. But at least we're not that guy. It's... We're still, they're still top of the East. They're still like, you're right. This is, this is like the epitome of us splitting hairs and really just trying to figure out what can make this team perfect. What can make them MLS champions. And we're doing that in April. (laughs) Yeah, I think. I, you're right. Perspective is huge, and I think that's what we're eight games into the season. We're not five games. You know, like, this is like we are eight games in the season, and we already, Andre Blake already has four clean sheets. Like, we're okay. By the law of <laughs> averages, know, like, there's going like, to be four more. You know? Yeah. So, and like, so- <laughs> it's, it's already trending in a very positive direction. I'm yeah, I'm not worried about this season at all. And like, yes, this next month is going to be crazy and it's going to be busy and it's going to be there's going to be a lot of rotation, Oof, but I think yeah. like we just need to like that's what I I mean, I think there's just value in just saying, okay, like let's wait to see where we are at the end of May when we've played, you know, as many games as we've have played already this season and see where we are then and then evaluate on like where we need to be and all that kind of stuff because I think like I don't think we're going to be in that much worse of a position no. than we are right now at the end of May. Worst no, definitely. Case. I mean, I know one one thing, like, um, I, I believe one of the SPN announcers said on their broadcast over the weekend was like nine of the playoff teams last year were already set by this point of the season. Um. And so, like, literally, the Union are already where they need to be to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, uh, worst case scenario, I see this team in, like, fourth place, and they lose five guys to injury. That's, like, worst case. In, you know, yeah. we really are in a place where, as people who are frustrated by this team sometimes 
we get it. We're a little bit uh, we're a little bit coddled this season. We're we're really just trying to like put them under the microscope and figure out what we can find what's wrong. And when these games happen, that's gonna happen. And when you talk about rock bottom with the union, God, it might be. It might be now and still coming up because going on the road to Nashville, then going on the road to Orlando for an Open Cup game. Uh, actually, I don't know the order of these things. And then no, also on the road. On the, you're on the road to Nashville, on the road to LAFC, on the road to the Orlando, and then you're finally back home against the Red Bulls. Yeah, I, I mixed up Orlando and LA. But, um, I mean, God. That's a road What trip. if people start giving a damn about <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Um, like, God forbid people start giving a damn about our place in the Open Cup. I know it's Orlando and we want to beat them, but my God, this has a recipe for we're crashing out of the Open Cup? Oh, no! It's like everyone. Well, I mean, I, I, I want to make the Open Cup final, too. Do you? You want to go through that again? Yes. I don't give a shit about the Open Cup. I mean, no, but like... <laughs> Drag me to death online. I don't give a shit I, about the Open Cup. I mean, I've still yet to see enough from this team to think that they're like a true contender for MLS Cup. And like, while I want them to win another Supporter Shield and do think that they are a contender for Supporter Shield, you gotta win a knockout tournament at some point, And the Open Cup is there for the taking. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree with you, Chuck. Like, I don't, I don't, the Open Cup's not the ultimate goal, for sure. But if it would come down to either you win the Open Cup or you get no hardware, I'll take the Open Cup. Fair. I, I mean, yes, you're going to, you want hardware every season. It just feels like that hardware is like the third tier hardware of this. Well, league. I mean, MLS took away what the second tier, I guess, hardware was supposed to be in Champions League's Cup. What? What? I don't even know what the name of that tournament is. But Chuck, replacing you know it, the name of these things, you're a big deal nowadays. I don't need to know the name of these things because someone else knows the name of them and emails it to me. Um, I love delegation. But literally, the fact that they turned that tournament into a friendly with the LA teams in California um, is just like, just what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this, I get it. If, if the goal, I, I think everyone's goal this season is to see if the union can actually get themselves to an MLS cup final. I, I really think that, is the penultimate goal for Union this season, given the way they've been trending recently. If they win a supporter shield along the way, I'm very happy. If they win an open cup along the way, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I want an open cup and a supporter shield. Yeah. I and mean, the MLS cup. I'll take all three of them. All right, great. I'll, I'm the realist here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I already explained my yeah. methodology for I'm just this. saying if we lose this game in Orlando, I feel like the weight of that is going to weigh more than the results of the Nashville and L.A. game that is sandwiching that game in between but it. It should because the L.A. and Nashville games don't matter to your Eastern Conference standing anymore because Nashville is now – switch conferences again and then losing to Orlando means that you're out of out of a competition like yeah I get I get I get what you mean about like the sky isn't falling because you lost to Orlando but like we should be sad to be out of the open cup in the first round that we were in the open cup my my thing is that if if our if the goal is to make MLS cup right you're going to have to play good against teams like Nashville and LA when it comes to it in whenever the MLS playoffs are. I'm not going to pretend to know what the new schedule is based on the World Cup. I just think 
that these games against these tough West opponents, despite where Nashville has been trending recently, are really important to show that you can fight against these squads when it will ultimately come time to it. I know it's I mean, but with Orlando's, like, really performances so far this season, can't you play a 1.5 squad and should still be able to beat them? You should. I'm just not going to be upset when it backfires, and they don't. Because I'm more worried about these Nashville and LA games. Because I don't really it's though fighting on. It's fighting on. I mean, I'm only worried about LA. Enemy ground. I, we I know, just, na- we I know like Nashville's going to be a draw, but we know Nashville's going to be a draw. Yeah, probably. You can book it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be weird. I feel like we're going to. I feel like we're going to lose the Nashville game and win the LA game. I mean, That's where better. I find myself. It's going to be stupid. That's three points when I'm playing. When I, that, I mean, that's three points when I'm expecting one. So I, I think perspective is really important. <laughs> like oh, you said. thanks, it's, man. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing we can get caught in on these three games and be like okay what's gonna happen over these next three games you know like whatever but that's three games in a season of what 34 so yeah. like i think we need to like you know yeah we we ha- we want to get as many points out of these next two games and then hopefully progress in the open cup but the reality is like at the end of the season if we're if we're holding the mls cup no one's gonna freaking care that we lost to lafc in may so it's yeah. you know it is what it is, but I think like we, but the flip side of that is you can't just be like, well, then I don't care about the game, and if we lose, we lose, you know, blah blah blah. But you know, I think it's you know it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Like if we win, great. If we don't, oh well. But you got to get it back at home then. You know, after yeah. that run of three games on the road, you have a game at home against New York and a game at home against Miami. And you think then you got to win both of those. So like, how do you do that? You know? Yeah. I mean, they're... how do you get as many points in these next two games and hopefully advance in the open cup? And then how do you win two games at home? Rotation. Rotation. Yes. It's time for the kids, man. It's, it's time for the kids. If there was well, ever. Olivier and Bizo is going to get a start over these next three games. That's fine. So be it, but it's. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing because. No. Na- I mean, Nathan Harriel's been great defensively. He has not been great crossing the ball into the box. Nah, Bizo's clearly a better crosser in that regard. Man's been yes. working on his service for sure. But I mean, I, I know we've talked about rotation before, but literally this month of May is going to be the most important time in Union history where Jim Curtin needs to look at all of his play. Wait, no, so, so hold on. In looking at players that need playing time, yeah, there is perfect. so many games that are happening this month. It needs to happen. It needs – there needs to be rotation. No, you, you caught yourself so you're fine because you – it seemed like you were about to say that this is the most important month in Union history. No, when no, no, the Union have played in oh knockout rounds of um, – Concacaf Champions League made it Mm-mm. to the Eastern Conference. Not even a little bit. You people at home saying you think you got me. You didn't get me. Not even a little bit. I'm going to be no, on vacation would... half the month of May. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree with you, Paul. I think it is. It is a really important month for him to get guys looks and yeah. to know like where your depth. You know, because we only we have the international break in June, and then. You know, July, you've got another busy month. So, like, you've got to know what you have going into July so that, you know, you can start doing some rotation then. And then August, you've got another busy month. So, like, July and August are back-to-back busy months. So, you got to know, like, what you have at that point. Effective um, rotation. Right. Not, not just rotation for the sake of rotation. Right. Effective rotation. That is where yeah. this can be figured out this month. And since you're already in first place, God forbid you lose some ground to a Red Bull or in Orlando if they're able to pull out a couple results. 
who cares? You're at least finding things in this team. You're finding players in this team that can play roles down the line in September, October. Like, that's why this month is so important. That's why May is going to be a really big deal for Jim and the entire squad. Not the most important, but it's up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just at this point where if every eight games we're getting the number of points that we have, we're going to be just fine. Absolutely. Season. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter how we get those points in those eight games. It's just that we get that many points. Nah, in punch games. him in the face for all I care. Oh yeah, I mean I don't. Yeah, I don't care how points come. Just give me, <laughs> give me points. Give yeah. me points. Uh, anything else before we wrap tonight? No. Before no, I wrap, I think so. Wrap tonight. Was I supposed to before wrap on this podcast? No. Oh my Please god, don't. no. I've been waiting for no. this moment my whole life. Where's my book of lyrics? Oh gosh. Please no. Well, you can find us on the internet via TV pod almost anywhere you want to find us. And uh, go listen. We'll be back probably, I don't know, sometime around the Open Cup game, probably. Either before or after. We'll be, we'll be back around then. Maybe we'll drop a special something or other between now and then. Other than that, we'll talk to you later. We truly hope you enjoyed the show, and now it is time to go. You have just listened to an episode of Season 4 of Using the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTVPod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is also a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer, writing, content, and other podcasts. For Evan Villella, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.